0: have your Bible, you're welcome to open it up in uh, Genesis chapter 26. I haven't said much here in in the recent past um, because, you know, God has taken care of us. And and I'm not saying something today because there's an issue. There's not. But I want to encourage you because I do believe in the truth of the word. Um, And I want to make sure that you're prepared as believers. Genesis chapter 26 and verse 1, it says, there was a famine in the land. It says, besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And then if you go down to verse 12, it says, then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. It says, the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. And, you know, during times like this, you know, I, I've, I've been around and, and, and even though there's an, it's an unprecedented time, we've been through different times. And, and I know people that lived through the Great Depression. I know people, you know, that, that have encountered where there were challenges financially. And I just hear, and, and I want to remind you, you know, the Bible says there that Isaac, in the midst of a time where there was a famine, Isaac sowed. He did what was principally in the Word, what God expected. He employed the principles of of God in that time and disregarded the climate. He disregarded everything that says what you're doing should not work. And he did it anyway because it's what God's Word said. And what I mean by that is that's what he had been taught, right? And the Bible says that in the same year that he reaped a hundredfold and that the Lord blessed him and then the Lord continued to bless him. Sometimes when we face uncertainty or different times, our tendency is to hold back and say, man, I I need to hold back. I need to do this. I need to do that. The problem is, is that sometimes if you're doing that out of fear, then what you're holding back may seem to get you for a minute of time. But what God's trying to do is make sure that you never run out. Do you understand the difference? I don't care how big the, 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 the account is or how much you're doing. At some point, it can run out. But when we do it God's way, then we continue to prosper. And then we continue to prosper. And we continue to prosper no matter what's going on around us. Amen. And I'm thankful for our church because even through this time, we've not lost people giving. People have been steady and consistent. And what that's allowed us to do as a church is we've been able to sow into uh, missionaries. We've been able to sow into other ministries. We've been able to sow into things as we're going because I do that personally. You know, in other words, I still give my heart for the house. Every, every time I get paid because I have a commitment that I'm purposeful to meet and I'm not going to take that and divert it. I'm going to continue to do it until I meet what I committed to do. And then I probably won't stop because I haven't even missed it. You see what I'm saying? I continue to tithe. In other words, the reason I'm telling you that not to put any focus on me, but to let you know that I do what I ask you to do because it's what the word says. That's why I do it. I don't do it just to, quote, get my needs met. I do it because it's a principle to make sure that the gospel is still being preached and we're able to do the things that we're supposed to do. So I just want to encourage you, put make sure that you're listening to the Lord. Don't do something because, well, Pastor Rob said, don't do that. I've never asked you to do just, well, that's what Pastor, no, what does God's word say? Stand on his word Because I'm telling you, as things come and challenges come, the only thing you're going to be able to stand on is the Word. And if you haven't lived by it, and that includes your finances, then it's going to be hard to stand on it. Because if you don't have faith in it now, then why are you going to have faith in it when you're desperate? you don't have faith in the easy times amen so I want to encourage you that's where we build our faith that's where we remain consistent and steady and when we do that when the challenges come we say no I've been doing this and I thank you father you've done it through the good times the hard times whatever times that you've always been faithful and God's heart is, is that he'll be faithful to you. Amen. And so I want to just encourage you to continue to be faithful for those of you that have been steady and faithful in it. Um, I say thank you, um, but, but I want you to know that um, God is paying attention to it. Amen. And God's going to continue to take care of you and provide for you and make a way for you. Amen. And again, there's no pressure to do anything. Listen, if you don't want to give, you don't have to. We're going to love you anyway, right? We're not here. We're not going to twist something out of you. We don't, we don't need that. Um, I want you to do something because you know it's right, because you have revelation of it, because that's where it really produces. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. So let's get into the message today. Hallelujah. So go over to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, hallelujah. I want to encourage you this morning, strengthen you this morning. Genesis chapter 3, we're just going to pick up here and get some context here. It says, um, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you've done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And then it says, the Lord God said to the serpent. So God goes on and he deals with the enemy. And so uh, what I wanna deal with this morning Because I believe it'll help bring stability to our underlying uh, life as we move through any type of season and any type of time. And that is is dealing with your purpose. Most of the time when we talk about purpose, we talk about our gifting. We talk about um, our, our role as far as in this world. And, and yes, that has a part to play in it, obviously, but I want you to see that there's a greater purpose in your life, and when you and I really have a strong revelation and understanding of why we were created, then what that does is that allows us to be able to walk and live life from a right perspective, right? And so... When you read about Genesis in the beginning, the Bible says God created man, he created them in his own image. So the Bible says we were created in the image of God. And you go and you read about this account where uh, Adam and Eve are in the garden and the serpent comes and, and deceives Eve and, 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 and they both end up eating and they, they both end up in sin, What you see is you see a picture of God had taken man and put him in the garden. God created all of these things he created for man. He didn't create man for the earth. He created the earth for man. He created all of this for man. And he said, listen, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. I want you to have dominion. I want you to exercise that. I created you in my image. And so... You see this taking place, and the Bible says that once they had eaten, they hid themselves. They hid themselves from God. They hid themselves from his presence. Listen, they hid themselves from his face. As if you read it, that's really literally what it means is they hid themselves from his face. They hid themselves from a open face-to-face relationship with him. Because sin had entered in and now they saw themselves as naked that something had happened to change the dynamic of that relationship. And the Bible says that God was coming into the garden in the cool of the day as to give us an an idea that, that that was something that God did that he would come in the cool of the day and he would fellowship with man that he created. And so many times we skip over that part and we get into purpose in our life. Well, you know, you were created to to do this and to do that. I want you to understand the very first thing that you and I were created for, the most essential or the most intrinsic part of our life is not what you do for God. You and I were created to be in relationship with God. And you may say, well, I know that. No, no. if, if that's your response, then you don't know that. You, know, you may know it in the sense that you've heard it, but you don't really fully comprehend it. That the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one that stretched out the heavens. I was reading an article the other day about how uh, scientists have discovered a wall Out, uh, out south of the of Antarctica into space. It's like six or seven billion or hundred billion light years across of galaxies. I mean, when you, when you look at the expanse of the world and, 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 and the heavens of which we live and know that God created that, he stretched it out and he's the one that put all of that into place, but yet he created you and I not to be subservient to him, but to be in relationship with him. And he created us in his image. And, you, and what I want you to understand in my, my heart for you today to take away today from this is to understand that if God went to that length for you and I, He sent His Son Jesus in order to take a damaged relationship and to repair that relationship and make that relationship right again. That He died on the cross for you and I. It wasn't just a transaction. I'm going to go in and pull out my wallet and I'm going to pay for their sin. All of those things that 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 the curse brought Jesus defeated But the ultimate passion, the ultimate desire, we call it the passion of the cross. The reason is, is because God was making a way for you and I, for mankind, to be righteous again, to be able to come into his presence and spend time with him and fellowship with him and to have a relationship with him. And if you're not careful You're going to take that part and diminish it, if you will, and you will think about your purpose in life primarily based on your job, based on what you do for the church, based on your ministry quote, based on your gifting, and you begin to derive your value from your purpose, but if your purpose is misunderstood, then your value is going to be diminished. And what I mean by that is that we've watched it over time and, and seen it, and that is is that I begin to ris- derive my value from what I do instead of my value being derived from who I am. I'm a son of the Most High. I'm in the family of God. I've been recreated in Christ Jesus. And it doesn't mean that I don't do things or I don't have things to do. I'm not saying we don't have things to do. What I'm saying is is that my value begins with the one who gave Jesus Christ and his blood being poured out for me to have relationship with him. My value comes from that. And that is what enables me to do what I'm called to do and do it in love. I'm able to do it without looking for a response. I'm able to do it no matter what somebody else says. I'm able to pour out my life and do what I'm called to do because my value has already been determined. It's already been set. It's already been established. And now I understand that My whole life now flows from, my life is not an attempt to get into relationship. My life flows from a relationship. And the problem is, is we've spent so much time trying to get into the relationship by what we do, well, if I do everything just right, God will like me. If I do this, God, you know, and, and, and it's, it's, this, it's almost like this earned thing that I try to do instead of understanding that God created me for relationship with him. And the enemy came in from the very beginning to try and disrupt that and, and, and come against that. Why? Because the enemy lost his relationship. Go read in Ezekiel where it talks about that and God had created Lucifer and he was beautiful and he was an amazing being and and he had the amazing gifting and and he walked in heaven. He was a, a part of all of that until pride rose up on the inside of him, until iniquity was found in him. And if you actually study that word out where it says iniquity was found in him, you can study it out and one of the definitions of that word is violence was found in him. So our lives, you say, well well, well, Pastor Rob, I, I understand all that. Well, here's part of what I want you to take away. Proverbs 29, 18, and, and I've ministered a little bit along these lines before, um, but I I think that it's it's imperative for us to understand this. The Bible says that where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. It says when um, people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Where there is no vision or no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. And perish means to be made naked. Where did we see that? In the beginning. They saw that they were naked. Now, Let's take just a moment and let's think about what's happening in our world today. People are doing what? They've cast off restraint. They're running wild. They're going ballistic. There's no, I mean, it's like it doesn't matter what's right. I'm going to do what I think is, or I'm going, to do, I'm going to do whatever I want to do, and it doesn't matter. I'm not even going to talk to you about it. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And we can look at that. Don't, don't sit here and think you're on the right side. And, 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 and you don't have to read between the lines on that one, okay? There's not a right side and a wrong side. There's a God side, and there's a not God side. So we, we need to understand that. But we live in a world, and, and the reason I'm saying this is because we're living in a world where people do not understand, they do not know their purpose. If I know my purpose and I know how much God loves me, and I've accepted that love, and I walk in that love, and I begin to walk in revelation of that, word, that love, then I cannot treat you unjustly. It's not possible to walk in the love of God properly and to be unjust towards other people. But if I don't understand my purpose in that relationship and you say well Pastor Rob there were Christians that treated people unjustly I didn't say just because you call yourself a Christian or you go to church I never said that I said those that understand their purpose those that understand why they were created. I was created for relationship with God. I was valued by the living God. He established the value and the dignity and the importance of my life. I don't need you to do that for me. I don't need my job to establish my value. I don't need another person to establish my value. I don't need any external thing in my life to determine my value because it's already been established. So therefore, that sets me free from you. So now, in that liberty, in that freedom that I have in Christ Jesus, I'm not bound by your opinion. Nor is my life limited to your opinion. And let me explain that. The heart of men is wicked. Without Christ, the heart of man is wicked. It's a fact. It's not not really up for discussion. So if you think that you're gonna legislate the hearts of men, then you're, you're gonna be sorely disappointed throughout time. And what I mean by that is there's nothing that you and I are gonna do just from a natural process that's gonna change the hearts of men. That doesn't mean we should not make changes or do things differently. I'm not saying that. We have laws for a reason, and we should. And some things should be changed, okay? So, so understand what, what I'm, I'm, I'm not stepping on that. But what I want you to see is a bigger picture. And that bigger picture is, is that if God be for me, then who can be against me? If God be for me, and I'm in relationship with him, and I'm in Christ, then who can withstand what he's put on the inside of me? Who can be against me and keep me or stop me from being who God's called me to be or doing what God's called me to do? Now, the enemy can hinder you. People can get in the way. And I don't mean that just, you know, like in, a, in, in just a casual way. There, there, there is the truth that people can come against your life, come against my life, and try to stop or hinder. Uh, but they cannot stop it for those that walk and live in Christ Jesus and live according to his purpose. Are you listening to me? And what I want you to understand is I'm not saying that we shouldn't make changes in the natural and do our best to make those changes. Listen, just go back to our constitution, go back to our founding documents, go back to, to to, to that place where the, you know, where it talks about that all men are created equal. And you say, well, you know, those that wrote it didn't believe that they had to believe something or they wouldn't have wrote it. They had to believe, it doesn't mean that perfect people wrote the Constitution. But that Constitution, the Bible says that we have inalienable rights, that they are self-evident. What does that mean? It means I don't need you to tell me that I'm worth something. It's self-evident because I am a child of God. And my life is valuable and my life is important. I don't need you to tell me that. Does it hurt for somebody to tell you that? No. I think it's good. We should be able to love people and love on them and say, man, I love you and I appreciate you and I value I think that we should do that and that's an important part of relationship. But the very foundation of my life and my being and who I am is not rooted in that. It is rooted in Jesus Christ. It is founded upon his opinion of me because the opinions of men change. One minute they're throwing palm leaves on the ground and their coats on the ground and waving palm branches as Jesus is riding in on the donkey. The next minute they're shouting Barabbas and they're shouting crucify him. So for you and I to put our trust in this world system for the very core of who we are, you're going to get disappointed. And what's going to happen is, is that without this vision in your life, without revelation of who you are, then what's going to happen is, is you and I, we get off course. We get off course, we get off base. We, We get away from what we're called to do and who we're called to be. Jesus died for you, yes to pay the price for your sin. Yes, for you to, to spend uh, to, to go to heaven, if you will. He died, though, for you to have relationship. He died so that you would understand your value. He died so that you would understand that God wasn't willing to wipe the face of the earth again of mankind. That he has a a creation, he has an offspring, he has a people. And he said, you know what, I'm going to make sure that I make a way for them to be in relationship with me. Now, if I live my life from that perspective, then I don't have to fear. I don't have to be afraid. I'm not afraid of of the virus. Sickness has been around from the beginning. Why fear it now? Well, what if you die? What if you die? I know that seems callous. I don't mean it that way. But what if you die and go to heaven? Well Pastor, I just see no, it's it's not. It is, that's what we're living for. We're living to be with him. We're living with him, but I want to be with him for eternity. I'm not saying you take it lightly, I'm just saying that when you and I don't have our perspective right, then we live under the confines of fear. And it begins, it is a sense of control. And and if you go back to Genesis, to the very beginning, what did the enemy do to deceive Eve? And listen, he was right there. So deceive them both, because he could have spoke up at any time, right? He said, number one is, is he challenged the word of God. He challenged the word of God. That's what he did, is he spoke up and he challenged the word of God in her life. He says, he says this, "'Has God indeed said, "'You shall not eat of every tree of the garden?' And the woman said to her, well, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. And then the serpent said, well, you're not going to surely die. Now listen to what he goes on and say. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. So what did he do? He went and he instilled fear in her and said hey you need to be afraid that your eyes are closed and you don't really see everything as it is and you can go back and look at each one of the things that he challenged her with and the root of it is fear the fear that i'm not like god the fear that i'm not as know that i don't know everything like god's holding out on me You know what I'm saying? You can go back and look at that, and you can see, listen, pride is a result of fear. People that are prideful, you can trace it back to there's a root of fear somewhere. You say, well, Pastor Rob, why are you bringing all this up? Well, because today, right now, our society is being driven by fear. And society of seven, has God really said that you are healed by the stripes of Jesus? (laughs) Because we're holed up in our home under the guise of wisdom. I'm not saying that it's not real or there's not sickness. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about what's driving our life. Has God said did he really say that by his stripes you're healed? Did he really say, if God be for you, who can be against you? Did he really say, my God shall supply all of your needs? See, how much of those things have we reined in and taken upon ourselves and said, God, no, thank you, I don't need your help in this, I've got this. I know your word says this and this and this, but God, I don't don't know that, that, that you're telling me the truth. I don't know that, 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 that when you said in your word these things, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that what you're telling me is the absolute truth. That you'll maintain my right and my cause no matter what color you are. That you'll make a way for me. That I'm the head and not the tail. That I'm above and not beneath. So, so did you really say that or do I need to make my own way? See, it's the very same tactic today than it was in the beginning. And it is to come against the word of the Lord in your life and to instill fear so that you say and I say, well, I'm just choosing wisdom. And I said it last week that wisdom ends when it violates the word of God. It is no longer wisdom. When it violates the truth of what the Scripture says, it's no longer wisdom. It may be be the wisdom of this age, the Bible says, which is passing away. But it's not the wisdom of God which is revealed by His Spirit. So I want you to understand this morning that all of that comes back to relationship. It comes back to understanding his love for you and me. This is not just a, we're not belonging to just some fraternity of believers. This is not just some institution of, of church. This is not just some organization of church. We are the body of Christ. We are a living body flowing and functioning together. And what makes us strong and what makes us powerful is the together of the body. If you don't believe that, go live in China and spend time with the church that their lives are threatened daily for meeting, but yet for some reason they have the urge to not stay home but to still meet, even though they could be drugged out of their house and killed and their family killed. But yet they've been doing that for years. See, it's easy for us to stand on our freedom and our liberty. And say whatever spews out of our mouth about the very nation in which we live. But it's because most of those people have never spent time in another nation and lived under tyranny. I'm not saying that our nation is perfect. And I'm not saying that there's not injustice because there is. And I've already told you my position on that. There is and it's still alive today. And it's still not right. you understand that? And we still are responsible to speak out and to stand against it. Amen? But but the pathway to righteousness has to be founded in righteousness. And it begins with knowing why I was created. And that is that I was created by a living God to have fellowship and relationship with him. And that because of that, my life is valuable. My life is important. And out of that flows the mandate upon our lives to tell other people about what Jesus has done for them. It's to tell other people what Jesus has laid down his life for them for. And that is so that you can have relationship with God. So that you understand your value. And when we do that, that allows me to be able to stick up and stand with my brothers and sisters in Christ and say, no, that's not right. You know what I'm saying? That, that emboldens me and allows me to understand that, hey, I, I, I need to stand because Jesus died for them too. He didn't just die for me. Don't let the enemy drive your life by fear. Well, what if things don't change? God doesn't change. So if things don't change, God's still the same. I'm believing for them to change. Amen. I'm believing for that. My heart is, is, I want every person to be treated right and righteously. But the enemy, there's so much rage and there's so much anger and there's so much hatred and and there's so many different dynamics that I want to be careful that as a body that we don't lose who you are. Because the moment you lose who you are, you no longer have the ability to bring change into a situation. Not righteous change. You are loved by God. Every one of you are loved. Every one of you are valued the same. Listen to me. And every one of you, God wants that relationship with you. He wants that. He's passionate about that. And the Bible says that God... Um, Uh, I can't think of the word, Uh, but God's the one that will vindicate you. I know there's people in this house, because I've talked to them, have been through some, some terrible things, treated terribly. God will vindicate you. God will take care of you. And as we walk in righteousness, then we help pave the way for other people to be vindicated, other people to be taking, other people to see that same love poured out in their lives and their lives changed. And as I've said before, and I'll say it again, I, I, I'm not talking to the world because the Bible says that, that uh, you know, the, the, uh, f- to be friends with the world is to be an enemy of God, the world system. So I, 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 as a believer, I can speak to our people. I can speak to you. We can speak to one another. And I believe with all my heart, we're living in the greatest season, the greatest time, the greatest moment to make the greatest difference we've ever made as the body of Christ. And that the world can look into the church and the people of God and see, wow, they love one another. And it's genuine and it's right and it's righteous. And they see us flowing together because we're in relationship with God and we're in relationship with one another. Amen. And we're able to flow together to be able to reach and touch people's lives. We have a whole lot of people around the world that don't know Jesus. And I'm just leave with stop with this story. Two two weeks ago on a Monday night, I was praying. We were up here praying for prayer, <clears throat> and uh, I, I played sports, so I, I you know a lot of times see things and look at things through that perspective. But uh, I remember playing in high, football, playing football in high school, and uh, I only remember it happening one time. But I remember we were playing and. You know, tensions get pretty high, and uh, we, we got in a fight with another team, and our bench is cleared. I mean, our whole bench is cleared. I mean, we're all running to the middle of the field. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was already on the field, and, and, and our benches are clearing, and everybody's run out to, to, to fight for your team. And, and, and the picture that I saw as I was praying in the spirit was I saw the, the body of Christ and I saw the benches being cleared. I saw the benches being cleared. I saw the stadium being cleared. I saw people that, that, that hadn't been in the game for years getting in the game, getting in the melee, getting into the mix of things. I saw people, gifts and talents getting back into the game. I saw people that had been just watching from a distance, just kind of looking from the grandstands. I saw them getting into the game, getting onto the field. It's like I I saw the rush of people just saying and sing all of a sudden because when you clear that bench, it's like you're not thinking straight. All you're thinking is is I'm needed on that field to defend my team. You don't sit there and kind of ponder the consequences. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? These are your teammates. And if they're clearing the bench, We're clearing the bench. And that's what I I saw. And I I just, and so I've been praying, Lord. I thank you for prodigals coming back. I thank you for those that used to flow in, in different giftings and operations flowing again operating again, those that had never been in the game, they, 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 they've just been on the sideline that they would jump into the mix, into the middle, and be a part of what God's doing. In a time when everything around us says we need to stop, we need to slow down, we need to, we need to pull back. I believe that's the time when we push forward the most. Bow your heads with me. can't stand for righteousness if you don't live in righteousness. And there's the body, we're supposed to stand for righteousness. There's the body, the Bible says we're supposed to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. as the body we're, we're supposed to, to, to stand up and, and minister to the orphan and to the widow. And, 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 and there's that mandate upon our life to preach this gospel. And you look out across the world and you see all of the craziness. And it's, 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 not, it's not everybody There are people that are hurting all around us. There's people even in in this house that have hurt. And I pray that you're not just running your mouth about situations, but you're on your knees and you're praying for your brothers and sisters. That they know that, hey, I'm standing with you. You know, it's it's that relationship that we have together and that and, and flows together in our life, that, that that love for one another that makes us powerful. So I pray, Heavenly Father, I pray over each and every one of us this morning. And I pray that we have a conviction in our heart that, 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 Father, we have revelation in our life of your love for us, that your desire is for us to have relationship with you. And I pray, Father, that that if there's any person in this place today, that, Father, if, if that's lacking, that, Father, their heart is being pulled. To step back into relationship with you. To walk with you once again. To serve you once again. To, Father, not, not, to, not to just be a member of a church. Not to just go to church, Father. But to be in relationship with you. And that, Father, that through that, that we're bound together. United together by the Holy Spirit. And that, Father, that we are that demonstration to the world of what it means to love one another because we're loved by the living God Father I thank you for your your grace in our life i pray over those father even here that maybe have been on the sidelines those that have that 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 feel like you know they, they've been out of the game they've been 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 just watching or father maybe they've been wounded maybe they were on the the injured list father i pray over their lives today and i thank you father that you're drawing your people back into the game that you're drawing them back into that place father of being engaged in the work of the kingdom being engaged Father, is the body of Christ to do what we're called to do and to reach, Father, the world. Father, I take authority over fear this morning. I thank you that you've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Father, I rebuke fear in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for peace. I thank you for that. I declare that over every life in this place, every person watching online, I declare peace in Jesus' name. And I thank you for a boldness rising up in your people to be who we're called to be, to arise and to shine in the moment of darkness, Father, to walk upright, to walk in righteousness and truth, to stand for what's right, I thank you for that boldness in our lives. Father, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, don't walk in fear. You're a child of the Most High. Amen. And He's going to keep you and take care of you and work in you and through you. He's going to help you. He's on your side. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let's give Jesus a hand. Thank you, Lord Jesus.